you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the California Underground. I have a special guest interview today for you. It is Dr. Melanie Burkholder, who's running for the 76th Assembly District seat for the California Legislature. I have a 44-minute interview for you. She was nice enough to come on and talk about California politics, the governor's race, and a whole bunch of other things. So with that said, enjoy the interview. Hello. Hello. Good morning, <laughs> Doctor. How's it going? How are Mallory you? I'm good. I'm good. California so Underground. Hello. What's up? Let's see if I can flip this. Can I flip this? I don't know. This. Oh nope, that's my camera. I don't want to do that. <laughs> you want me to flip something? I'm coming to you. Phil, actually, I'm in my she shed because, as it turns out, there's work going on in my house today. <laughs> so, oh, okay. So you're in your she shed right now. Yeah. So if you see arts and crafts stuff back there, that's why. Okay. Okay. Um, I see you're having a bad connection. If you're on Wi-Fi, uh, sometimes that helps if you take it off Wi-Fi. And go. I took it off, um, so I'm not sure about that. Okay. But well, we can still hear you and we can see uh, your face. Um, but we'll get started. Hopefully the connection picks up and we, we can chat a little bit more through video. So why don't you go ahead and just start us off. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, what got you motivated to run? You're running for state assembly seat, 76th district here in California. What motivated you to run? Um, a little bit about yourself, your background, all that good stuff. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I love doing IGTV and podcasts, and you've got a great audience, and I love what your mission is. So thank you for putting yourself out there and taking shots, because we all know as conservatives in this state, we do take shots on a regular basis. Um, yeah, I'm a native Tennessean. I've been in uh, California. This is my second stint here when I was in the United States Secret Service as an agent. I was out of the um, uh, L.A. field office, so I lived in that area for a number of years. And um, my husband and I met while I was on the job. I was actually protecting uh, Vice President Dick Cheney when I met him. And okay. uh, we, ended up, we ended up moving out to uh, Wyoming because I was in Jackson Hole when I met him. And we had both of our kids there, and then uh, the recession hit in 2008, and um, we were, neither of us were gainfully employed. We had an infant and another child on the way, so we ended up coming back to California, and he worked for the company um, that he worked for before when I met him. So um, we've been here ever since. That was, I think, in 2010. And we love it. We're in Carlsbad. It's a family-friendly place. I have a private practice as a mental health therapist here um, in North County. I do a lot of concierge care. I do some telehealth. And, um, you know, right now, uh, in the midst of the pandemic, it's obviously an increased need. So um, I'm recognizing that and trying to serve people in any way I can right now um, to help. So... The question of what motivated me, I've been uh, really heavily involved in local politics ever since I've been here. Uh, one of the highlights, I think, for myself uh, as an activist is ending the spraying of Roundup in the entire uh, city of Carlsbad. I actually, um, myself and a few other moms, um, got on board with uh, learning that our children's field was going to be sprayed with pesticides the day before 
they were going to have field day, which is all day outside on the field. So that didn't make any sense to us. And in a bipartisan effort, we worked with the city of Carlsbad and the school district and requested that they not spray Roundup on our fields where kids play and dogs play and everything else. And it ended up 5-0 vote uh, throughout the city. They're not using it anymore. So we are very excited about that. We're protecting the environment in our watersheds here in the coastal area. And, um, you know, it's just a was a great feeling of accomplishment at the end of the day. So uh, I also am on the board of the Carlsbad Republican Women. I hope to be president starting next year. And uh, right now I'm focusing on Americanism and um, college Republicans and young Republicans. And it's just a really exciting time. Uh, our membership has grown. I think we're the largest chapter of the Federated in the state. So that's exciting. And uh, we're, we're just moving forward with trying to get Republicans elected. What I look at when I see what is happening with Gavin Newsom in California, I just feel like our livelihoods are being threatened. There was something on Instagram the other day where it was like, I'm really worried about my girlfriend. Her husband wants to know where everywhere she goes. He, he doesn't want her to leave the house. He wants her to wear a mask. He doesn't really want her to work. And at the end of it, it was not her husband. It was the government, right? Because <laughs> that's what Gavin Newsom is doing to us right now. So um, I'm a, a freedom-loving American. I believe that we uh, make good choices generally as, as uh, contributing members of society, as adults. And um, what was the question? Who was, who, I'm seeing something about a question about the pesticide. Uh, somebody said, who was responsible for the pesticide spray? So I guess who was? Uh, it's a contract. Yeah. Yeah, basically, that's what we learned was like the right hand didn't know what the left hand was doing. And that, you know, the day they were going to spray, those were a third on our third year of it. And it didn't even increase cost all that much. So um, it was a good alternative and the right thing to do. Um, so anyway, I look at our freedoms. I'm a Second Amendment supporter, former law enforcement. So obviously, that's important to me. And our very own president was yesterday talking about how we need to ban automatic uh, 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 rifles and, and it just, it, it's the same guy that's getting protected by the Secret Service who has high magnitude um, magazines in, in, you know, in the, in the suburban that follows him. So it just is hypocrisy and um, I'm just kind of tired of it. So I own my own business. Like I said, uh, we own a home, our children go to public school and there's just a lot of opportunity to fix things here in California. Everyone knows that 30 years of Democrat leadership in Sacramento has gotten us to the highest taxes in the nation, the most congested, congested traffic, uh, failing school systems, and, um, you know, property taxes are out, out, out of this world here. So we need to come and, and hold some of these people accountable in Sacramento, and uh, that's what I intend to do. I like to say I'll take the same fight to Sacramento that I took to the streets of LA when I was a Secret Service agent because that's what it takes. You have to be yeah. able to have those difficult conversations, come to a compromise and move forward for what's best for the people, not uh, your own political agenda. And that's what we're seeing uh, out of Sacramento right now with the laws and things that they're, even if you think about uh, 663, AB 663, which you're gonna be hearing, um, you know, we're talking about taking rights away from people and they, the very party that doesn't mind if you um, show an ID to vote, wants you to show an ID for every, essentially everything else. And now they want to have all of your information. If you sign a recall, they want to have all of your information so that they can intimidate you 
and have personal contact with you, perhaps try to change your mind about the way you are uh, voting. And, and that's just wrong. We don't need that. It was defeated, thankfully, but that doesn't mean it won't come back again. Hmm. Yeah, it's thankfully that was uh, revoked. So uh, it's just more bully tactics from the left. Absolutely. If you could just go into um, one of our focuses here is that we want to really focus on like state level stuff, because that's really how we're going to change California um, more than like national or whatever. We're, we're talking about like the state level offices. So if you could go into like maybe explain a little bit about what an assembly person does what their responsibilities are day to day. I mean, they, they are part of the legislature, but if you could go into how important yeah. that role is and how important it is to start flipping seats for Republicans in California. It's, it's such a great question because not many people even know who their assembly member is. And, you know, there's, um, there's a, a super majority of them in Sacramento. So it's to the extent where even if uh, Republicans write legislation, they don't even get to carry it through procedurally um, because the Democrats just don't have to do it. They just don't have to. So um, your question about how uh, the assembly impacts us day to day is is on point. So what we think of a lot of times is that we want to vote at the national level, but then we forget about school boards and we forget about city councils and we forget about water boards. And what happens when we do that is these people go to the legislature and they wreck your lives. And how do they do that? Well, they increase taxes. They divert funds that maybe were supposed to be for roads and infrastructure. They uh, pack these boards um, with really far left agenda items. And then they impose the education curriculum onto the districts that have to fulfill these really extreme ideas of, uh, you know, things like health sex ed and, and those issues that we have in the public school system right now. Um, so, it is extraordinarily important that people do understand that. So, I, you know, California underground, let's get California above ground and let's get busy and get to work and flip some of these seats because people are waking up. I know um, just with having your children at home for over a year out of school and um, having to juggle that work-life balance and now educating our kids is, has been a real struggle, a real challenge here in North County. We've seen 12 um suicide incidences and in, in kids 18 years or younger. So it is a real need for us to recognize that the Democrat leadership is not serving us. They're serving their own political agenda. And we need to change that. And the way we do that, if there's nothing clear to me, it is November 2020, when every proposition on our ballot leaned conservatively, every one of them, they, they passed exactly how I voted. And yet Republicans weren't elected. So we have to make that connection with how we have the same values and we need to vote those values. Not because of whoever is president. I don't, I don't care. I, what I care about is me and my community working together for what's better for the community. So uh, we need to get that message out there. And that's what I intend to do in 2021. I'll give you a little statistic here. There's uh, about 60% of the population is uh, Christian. About half of them actually show up to vote. I'm a Christian myself. Mm. I vote religiously, but um, and then you know, and then their values aren't represented. Like I said earlier, with the far left extreme education system that we have, um, the indoctrinization of these children uh, at such an early age, and and so then you wonder, like, what? Why do they keep voting for Democrats? They're not being represented. So I think our challenge um, on my side is to definitely embrace that we have a messaging problem. <laughs> 
and we've got to do a better job of getting it out there and uh, connecting with people, uh, building that rapport and understanding that we have more in common than we have not in common and that I will do the better good. I will be uh, do better for you representing you than my current representative who by the way said uh, that she wanted the entire world vaccinated before opening schools. Entire world. Um, I, I don't even know how long that would take to be quite honest but it is not a realistic strategy to reopen the economy and fully open schools. I've been very highly involved. I'm a co-director of the Parent Association here in North County co-founder of the Carlsbad Families for Reopening Schools, co-founder for the Let Them Breathe movement that we're doing a huge march uh, on May 1st, a maskless march, because we want to get these masks off of our children who are not known to spread the virus or uh, be carriers of the virus. This is based in science, not in fiction, um, and not in an, again, and not in a politically driven agenda. So, um, it let them play movement was wonderful. I got to do a little bit of a mental health consulting in that movement, and we did get the kids back in sports. I'm the co-coordinator um, for the Friday Night Lights cheerleaders, and they're cheering again this season, so I'm super excited about that. We have a game tonight, uh, and we love it. My, I have two boys, so I don't have any little girls, but I'm a former cheerleader, so it's just kind of my way to connect and give some uh, give some self-esteem building, some teamwork building, and uh, you know, be involved with the kindergartners through eighth graders through Friday Night Lights, and a nonprofit here in Carlsbad. Um, we love it in North County, actually, not just Carlsbad, uh, but we love it. The boys play football. We get to get out there and cheer for them, and it's super fun every Friday night. And I'm so glad and so pleased that we are back to doing uh, sports together. So uh, it's it's a fun time. I love the fall. Mm. It's a fun time to be here. <laughs> Yeah. So those are a few things. Um, and I think also if you think about um, the legislation, the assembly members have that ability to take away local control because what they do is impose, for example, if you even want to use the uh, building, right, uh, building and development, they can impose um, a number of houses that are supposed to be built in what region and what area, and then they send that to the local uh, city councils, and the city governments have to deal with it, right? So we have a... Um, we have like a population cap of about 125, 35,000 people here in Carlsbad. Well, that's in our master plan. We've developed this city well and purposefully, and now the legisla <laughs> legislation is coming saying, no, actually, you've got to build 5,000 more houses. And then we think, well, where are we going to do that? We're a coastal city, you know, seven miles of coast. We can't build them out in the middle of the ocean, so what are we going to do? Um, and, and those are some of the challenges that we meet locally with these people in, in Sacramento that don't even come here. They don't know what Carlsbad needs. You know, they're too busy in their bubble in Sacramento. So um, just a big disconnect is, is apparent. I mean, like I said, my opponent wanted the world vaccine, but she's not been out in front of any of this. Um, and, you know, she used to work for the World Health Organization, so I would think she would have something to say about how to uh, restart the economy and open these uh, restaurants fully. And, you know, it's just it's just where we are right now. So it's that's why it's important. If you like local control, if you, you know, like reasonable governance, um, if you if like a more balance of power, then that's why it's important to get these seats flipped one at a time. Yeah. Yeah, I, and it's something I harp on a lot. I'm like a broken record to the point where I keep <laughs> telling people, I'm saying, you know, if you want to change things in California, you have to start voting locally. I mean, it's from like governor down to dog catcher. We got to start looking at every single candidate. Um, and, and that's the only way we're really ever going to see change. Um, 
everyone always asks me about, we'll talk about the governor's race a little bit later, get your opinion on it because there was big news today. Um, but going back to your opponent, I was looking at uh, your last race in 2020. It looks like you actually, you got pretty close, I would say, for someone who was an incumbent um, within like almost 10 points. Yeah. Uh, and, and it looks like I'm looking at public records. It looks like you raised about 182,000 compared to her almost 2.8 million. So the fact that you made it that close was pretty is very impressive so what's your goal going forward to kind of close that gap yeah uh, of those 10 points and we did have a couple of uh, independent expenditures of like 300 and some odd thousand dollars so those were very helpful in getting the word out with mail pieces and and digital media sorry something's just falling over here (laughs) um so yeah, we have a lofty goal. We've just launched our campaign uh, last week, and we are trying to raise 200 grand by June, um, which is you know a big goal. But every donation helps. Every little bit helps. We really want to show our opponent that we are competitive, and, and in fact, Bill, we were the most competitive race in the state as far as the results went. And uh, on election night, I actually went ahead uh, for those poll voters, the people that went to the polls that day. But um, it turned out in her favor with that $3 million that she actually still has because all of her money was spent through uh, union and organized labor uh, to get her message out. And what we we really need to do is raise the money so that I can do some TV commercials because that's what she did a couple of weeks prior to the election. And that made a big difference on voter turnout. And again, like I say, um, if people had voted their values, that I would be in Sacramento right now because my values were their values. It was very well represented uh, by the ballot measures that were on uh, in 2020. So moving forward, I have hired a different team this time too, um, working with uh, the folks that work with Carl DeMaio. um, And I'm super excited about that. They're very well organized. They uh, are completely streamlined. And um, I think we're just gonna have a bigger impact. uh, And that's, that's gonna be the key, getting people to vote. And I will say this, you know, I, I'm going to be 50 this year. Can you believe that? Good Lord. Um, and I think, you know, the demographic 35 to 50 year olds, they have woken up. They have woken up and seen the impact of the, you know, the government and how they wreck their lives uh, so frequently and, and how they can do it so easily. And now we just need them to stand up, right? Mm-hmm. Waking up is great, but now you got to stand up and get out there and get the message uh, out that we are going to change California uh, one seat at a time. And I sure hope it's this seat. And it's not that I want to leave my family. <laughs> it's not that. It's just because we need common sense in Sacramento. It's just completely void of any common sense. So, um, you know, and that that's indi- indi- indicative of things like AB 276, where they now don't allow you to go to school unless you're fully vaccined, uh, vaccinated. And my kids are fully vaccinated. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Um, but I do know, having hosted roundtables, that there are people out there that perhaps are single moms or single dads, and they're working to provide for their children, and they don't have a place to send their kid to school now. So it, it just is an umbrella approach that just doesn't work for everyone. And so instead of put, casting this big net, how about we make legislation and make business licensing uh, easier here in California? You know, to get my business started, what a fiasco. It is just so not user-friendly. Anybody that owns a business knows that. And, uh, you know, it's more taxes, more taxes, more taxes. They're going to end up taxing the air we breathe. 
And it, it, that's just, it's got to stop. We can't, we can't sustain it. And it shouldn't be that way. Just in general, it should not be that way. So um, there's so much opportunity <laughs> to, to fix things in California. Um, but my goodness, I love this beautiful golden state and I don't ever want to leave. So we got to get people motivated. Yeah. And if people aren't familiar with sort of uh, Carlsbad, North County, San Diego, I always think of it as always kind of being conservative. And that's kind of what makes San Diego, I would say, like a little bit more purplish for a coastal city is there yeah. are a lot of Republicans in North County, uh, out in East County as well. So we're still sort of like a competitive county. Um, Absolutely. And going, back to your, going back to your point about the propositions, I think you make a good point that reading between the lines, Californians do believe those certain things. They believe in free market. They believe in lower taxes, lower property taxes, um, kind of keeping the government out of their lives, but they're not connecting that with sort of the Republican platform. So this was a question I had for you as a candidate is, do you see that it's a branding issue with Republicans in California right now, or is it Republicans just aren't picking the right issues to run on? Um, are they just not pushing the right things that Californians believe in? Because sometimes I, I think in California, you get that notion of, well, you're a Republican, so you just believe in X, Y, and Z, the, the typical you know smear or stereotypical stuff that they say Republicans believe in. But a California Republican has to be different and, and address those issues. So which do you think it is? Is it branding and messaging, or is it Republicans aren't just running on the right issues to connect with voters? Well, I will say this. Um, the 76th district includes Encinitas, Oceanside, Vista, Carlsbad, and Camp Pendleton. And we are made up of about one-third Republican, one-third Democrat, and one-third declined to state. So it's those declined to state voters that decide every election, essentially, because we are wiping each other out on the Republican and Democrat side, right? So um, I agree with you that it is messaging, clearly messaging to those people. Again, if we went back to 2020 and all of those props passed the way I wanted them to, then doggone it, why am I not in Sacramento? So we've got mm -hmm. to do a better job about that. And, you know, and, and just Phil correcting this piece of we're not caring for the environment. That's a bunch of crap. I live in the coast. I want the environment to be healthy here. I, I eliminated pesticides and, you know, the city, like it, it was a wonderful effort. We worked together, Democrats and Republicans on that effort. And that's what you have to do. You've got to work with the people that you don't like. And quite frankly, what's happening in Sacramento right now is if they don't like it, they don't work with you. They don't have to talk to you. They, my opponent would not even uh, Zoom debate me. No forum, no, no, no nothing. Because you know why? She can stay silent, and that's probably better for her. She doesn't have to take a stance on issues. Uh, mm -hmm. I, she just recently, I mean, this is April, and about two days after I launched my campaign, she already put out a piece about, oh, my gosh, pearl clutching. Uh, she had a fundraiser at a gun range. Um, yes, I did. And, you know, I think that's probably being a responsible gun owner to have people at the range practicing their skill set. So the, in, the, in the event they need to use a weapon in the very unlikely circumstance, they have that skill set and they can do it comfortably and confidently. That's responsible gun ownership. It's not reckless, you know, gun ownership. So I think it's really interesting that um, that's where she's stepping off right away. It tells me clearly that she's threatened and, uh, you know, she should be. I'm going to run my tail off just like I did in 2020. Yeah, because the seat not too long ago was actually held by a Republican, wasn't it? Yeah, for many years, Rocky Chavez held that seat. 
And um, it was securely uh, Martin Garrick, another Republican, securely Republican seat. And and like you say, the voter uh, here in North County, we can get this seat back. It's a very vulnerable seat. So I, I, I appreciate that you recognized and uh, that the race in 2020 was so competitive because we were way outspent. <laughs> that, that was a struggle. Yeah, so the fact that you made it that close was, again, that, that's really impressive to be that outspent. And Democrats really don't have to, when they have such a lead, it, it doesn't really, they just feel like they don't have to address anything, especially yeah. with the amount of money and if the media is on their side. So going back to, you know, the question of issues, what are some like, you know, what's your elevator pitch of issues that you would talk to a voter about out on the campaign trail and say, like, these are the three things that I believe in. Um, this is how I'm going to change my district and, and fight for you. So, like, what are those pillars? Yeah, let them play, let them breathe, let them work, let them worship. These are and let them learn. These are all huge issues right now because they have uh, impacted all of our lives in one way, fashion, or, or another. And uh, you know, advocating for the small businesses, we uh, are continuing to see legislation from Sacramento that is just, just stifling small business at a time when they so desperately need support from the government, uh, you know, more fee more fees, more, and even this sort of policing issue of, you know, well, we're going to send people over to see if you've got your restaurant at full capacity or nonsense like that. You know, there's actual crime happening even in a city like Carlsbad that we need to address, not having neighbors snitch on neighbors. That doesn't get us anywhere. It creates more of a divide. So, uh, you know, I'm a mental health therapist. Usually when you're sitting across from me, you're not having such a great day and I help you. I move you to a, a higher level of functioning, right? That's what we need to do in Sacramento. We need to get the state and these cities functioning at a higher level, more independently, not uh, driven by government uh, impositions. And, and that's fully, firmly where I stand. The government has no business in my bedroom. They have no business in my medical records. They have no business in certain areas of our lives, but they're going into it as much as they can, you know, as much as we allow them, they're taking our freedoms. And why do you think that is, Phil? It's to make us dependent on the government. Now, yeah. I mean, really, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Boy, shut that door really quick. Uh-uh. No, yeah. we are adults. We can, we can make these things happen ourselves. This is the land of opportunity. The freedom that we have here is unmatched, unparalleled to any other place in the country. And for the folks that think that they want to depend on the government, I say, why don't you go take a trip to Bangladesh or India or uh, Honduras or any of these other uh, third world type countries and see how well they're faring with the government running their lives. It just doesn't work well. Yeah, my, my fiance grew up in Mexico. So sometimes she sees what people whine about in America and she just laughs and says, it's unbelievable that people whine about certain things here when like police issues here. She's like, in TJ, you call the police, they just kind of laugh at you. They're not actually going to come and help you like they do here. Um, yeah. So one more question that I want to ask you, and then for all the people who are on right now, get your questions ready. If you have any questions for uh, the doctor, uh, the last question, which I always get asked and everybody always asks about it right now, what's your feelings on the gubernatorial race now that we have Caitlyn Jenner, who just officially filed today, what's your take on recall? You know, just a quick synopsis of your opinion going forward. Well, I'm glad that we got the signatures for the recall. It definitely was part of that effort. And uh, again, I would say 
let's just be leery about what they do with that information, uh, whether it's going to be virtue signaling or coming to your door, knocking on your door, asking you how you voted that way and maybe switch your signature. Um, because, you know, they're very powerful and they can do uh, sneaky things like that. Um, I, I, I'm <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner might win the gubernatorial race here in California just because, uh, you know, we had Arnold Schwarzenegger, a movie star, right? And she's pretty darn uh, popular. And, you know, that that could be the case. I have no idea what her political uh, leanings are. From what I've read, she's not a regular voter, which concerns me. So I'm not sure how that would work. Um, but again, are we going to see this election just bought? Um, I don't know. Uh, I know John Cox is in the race. I've personally chatted with him. Um, and Major Williams is in the race. I've met him and heard him speak on a couple of occasions. And um, I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see if Rick Grinnell jumps in this race. I, I, I'm a big fan of Rick Grinnell. Um, I think he's just a common sense leader and has a proven record of leadership. Um, and I just, uh, I don't know. I, what do you, what do you think about it? I, it's just so crazy. Oh, I, everyone's heard my opinion about it ad nauseum. Um, <laughs> Anyone but Newsom? Uh, I don't know about anyone but Newsom. I've, I've made my feelings known about John Cox. Um, I'm not crazy about John Cox. I, I wasn't impressed with his last run in 2018. I was a big Travis Allen guy. I thought Travis Allen yeah. was at least a fighter to go out there against Newsom. Um, I'm not sure if Caitlyn Jenner's just running because it gets her name back out there. Um, if you've been following this account recently, uh, I think you know where we stand on Major Williams. Um, yeah. so it, it's, you know, and, and the biggest thing I, I tell all my followers and listeners is just make sure you vet, like, just make sure you just don't yeah. let somebody sell you a bill of goods and just tell you everything you want to hear and ask them, like, how are you going to achieve this in California? Because California yeah. is so unique and with a democratic supermajority, which we're trying to, you know, with boosting candidates like yourself, that whole progress to purple idea that we push, yeah. um, that how are you going to get a lot of these things accomplished with a democratic supermajority? So sometimes you have to kind of push them on their policy action, vet what they're really saying. Does it make sense? Can they appeal to enough voters? Um, so somebody <laughs> said, so no to Bruce. Yeah, I, I, see that. I, I, I honestly don't know. Like it just happened this morning. I haven't even looked to see what her uh, stance is on anything outside of just being conservative, but it, it's, going to be interesting. I wasn't here for the 2003 recall, so yeah. I don't remember what that was like. Yeah. Um, so I think this is a good time now. If any of the listeners have a question for Melanie, they can go right ahead and ask, um, ask away. Well, That's the point of this. That's why we did it live so that we can have yeah, people sure. chime in. Again, um, my so opponent will never take a live question. She only takes scripted requests for questions and she, um, you know, Make sure that she has an expert answer the question. She's, I've never seen her answer one question, uh, which is quite interesting to me because there's no accountability in that approach. Um, but I will say this, Major Williams, uh, great, you know, he's got such great energy. Um, he was asked on two different occasions in my presence about HR1. And the first time he didn't know um, what HR1 was. And the second time his answer was, I'm just going to have to take a look at that. So if you're running for governor, I think it's really important that you understand that the, the whole voting system is at risk in California. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what, you kind of want to know that um, the maskless March, thank you for asking. We're going to be at the Oceanside Pier on May 1st. 
um, at, you can follow that at Let Them Breathe um, in Instagram, and it has the details of that. Um, and it's actually a statewide, uh, so I'm not sure where you're located, but it's a statewide thing, and um, we're super excited about that. The vaccine thing, you know, when I talk about that, um, it's a real issue. I do know personally uh, people that have children that were injured by vaccine that uh, they can't send to public school. In one particular scenario, it was um, a, a lady that was divorced, and her husband actually wouldn't let her move from California to go to another state so that she could educate her child in public schools. What an awful, awful thing. So, yeah. Oh, um, he sounds like a circle back. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's a circle back question. Yeah. Maybe, yes, that, circle I guess, back to... Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, great. Well, I guess we never mentioned who is your opponent. Oh, um, her name is Tasha Horvath. She, okay. um, um, she, uh, you know, is a is a was a city council member in Encinitas, population sixty thousand people. It was about fifty at the time, and uh, she. This is her second term. She is moving up the ranks in um, Sacramento, as you can imagine, uh, because they want to keep that seat. But um, you know, she she voted for legislation like AB two seventy six, and she has um, demonstrated that she doesn't care about what the district needs. She wants to do what her own political agenda will move her, you know, in, in that direction. And, and she's lockstep with Newsom and Lorena Gonzalez and Nathan Fletcher, um, you know, big, big union support for her. That's why she has so much money. Yes, the way you said she's moving up the ladder quickly for her own gain kind of reminded me of a fellow San Diegan assemblywoman, Lorena Gonzalez. Yeah. And how it seems like she's always just kind of looking for the next step up. Um, so Absolutely. It, it, she's not really interested in representing her constituents. She's more interested in how does she get to be yeah. secretary of state no, or governor she, or whatever. She, she actually curses at her constituents. I mean, come up with something uh, more creative than a curse word, please. You're, you're supposed to be like, I think she's an attorney, you know, educated person. Use your vocabulary. You don't need to curse at your constituents. That's ridiculous. Um, and that's just an example of what the Democrats do. You know, my opponent doesn't ever say anything because she's, better off silent, but, uh, you know, her, she's so out of touch. I'll tell you this, Phil. She sent out a tweet last year during a global pandemic. We are, un, uh, you know, we're out of school. We're not uh, going to work at that time. And her tweet, the first one from January to June was something about her bill on uh, fish hatcheries, fish hatcheries, no joke. Hmm. Like you could not be more disconnected with your constituents that were hurting than to bring up, be silent for six months, but then bring up something relative to your bill about fish hatcheries. What a disappointment. How many, and just, I was just thinking about this. Do you have off the top of your head, how many seats would Republicans need to flip in order to just make it down the I middle believe, even? Well, there's 80, 81 seats, right? So, you know, to make the middle down the even 40, but we have, uh, you know, I haven't done that count lately, and I should. Um, but we need to pick up about six seats, I believe, what it is what it is. Okay. And do just you believe... To, just to have a competitive edge. Okay. Do you believe... Are there any other assembly races that are competitive, um, not as competitive as yours, but competitive throughout California that you know of? It's a big for state, this, so... Yeah. For this cycle, I don't... Um, I, I don't. Um, we just had Marco Contreras here down in the 79th, and he uh, d he got defeated by Shirley Weber's daughter, Akila Weber, which we kind of thought 
was be the possibility because of the name recognition Weber. Um, mm -hmm. I, for the life of me, I have no idea why she wants to go to Sacramento. She has a, a successful practice here too. But um, yeah, I, I think that's something that, you know, I'm concerned with my race, but I do want to help other people. Last cycle, uh, June Cutter and I did a lot of events together. Uh, we tried to get really involved with um, the faith-based uh, voter, and I'm going to continue that. Um, what was that question on homeschooling? I, didn't, I can't uh, see the top of it. It says um, they're talking about AB 1316, make it nearly impossible to homeschool children in California if you don't want to vaccinate. <laughs> Yeah, well, that is the problem. I'm, I'm a school choice proponent. I think it's super important. Uh, you should be able to work where you want to work, for whom you want to work, and when you want to work. AB5 is a disaster, and this is no, this is no different than uh, something like an AB5. Taking away choice and freedom is never okay. So that is what they want to do in Sacramento. They want us to be fully dependent on the government, and if we don't want to be, they'll just show us that we have to be by these arbitrary laws. I mean, I... And I feel for people that do homeschool because I am not a teacher, one thing I know, but um, I, I do feel for those people that need to have that choice. And again, that's just taking away choice and opportunity. Yeah, I, I always thought um, school choice could be a, a unique way to kind of bust up um, the unions here unions. in California because we've seen how powerful public teacher unions are is that they can basically hold the entire state hostage. Uh, yeah. California so, Teachers Association is the pow most powerful one in the nation. Uh, and you remember, I think it was President Trump that said, uh, take control of the unions and you take control of the country. And that there's no truer statement than that uh, as far as the California teachers. I mean, they're demanding things that are asinine. Child care for their kids. I mean, why why are we using this? So so used to be, right, kids were out, left out of the fray of politics. Um, not anymore. Now they're using our own children as pawns to get their political agenda passed. And the problem is, in California, the California School Board uh, is is heavily um, left leaning, and they are imposing their um, agenda into the school system now. So here, let's think about this for a minute. Um, currently, in national politics, we're hearing a lot about this, uh, what white children are demonized. We're bad because we're white. I mean, as if we had a choice, but we're bad because we're white. So we're going to teach that starting in the elementary school that you're a bad boy because you're white. We're going to get ethnic studies going, right? So then mm -hmm. these kids are hearing this message their entire school um, term. And what do you think happens? Well, self fulfilling prophecy is real. It's a real thing. So they're going to be bad. They're going to turn out bad, right? So yeah. then let's take this other issue of defunding the police. Well, if we're defunding the police, recruitment is down. We're going to need police to help mitigate the circumstances that we're causing ourselves. So we really need to think down the line and how this, um, how this changes. And, and the answer is you got to elect school board candidates that are going to really protect your right as parents. Um, mm -hmm. We're seeing our parental rights destroyed in this state. You can go uh, leave campus for an abortion, but I can't come and get my kid for an orthodontic appointment without signing him out at the front desk. So yeah. it's a very, very backwards approach to, um, you know, to basic citizenry. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, again, it's that whole, you just got to vote local. And I, I don't think a lot of people even realize you can actually vote for people who run your kids' schools when it comes to public schools. So um, that's always 
that's always shocking to some people. I think it's shocking people don't realize you can vote for judges as well. Judges yeah. who are the ones who are protecting your constitutional, your California and your U.S. constitutional rights. Um, they don't realize that you vote for them as well. Yeah. Um, so any more questions, if anybody's got them, feel free to jump in. Uh, we still got a couple minutes left. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but this has been an excellent interview. Um, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, so I, I love chatting with all candidates, but this, this has been great. So yeah, I love I love doing these, hopping on, and just getting getting the message out and encouraging people. If you want to know more about me, you can go to melanieforassembly.com, and it's Melanie M E L A N I E F O R assembly.com. That's my website, and give you some platform things there. Um, good stories from Secret Service. <laughs> um, well. Bill Clinton once said, "Hey, how you doing?" <laughs> Not surprising. He didn't. He didn't see my uh, my lapel pin because my hair was in the way, and I was at a suite in um, in New York. I can't remember what we were. Oh, it was when the Kuwait gave us millions of dollars. We were he was celebrating that, but um, that was kind of fun. Thank you for my kids are weird donation. We really appreciate it. Um, absolutely. You know, literally $5 goes a long way in a campaign. We are just trying to get that message out there. Um, and, you know, the other times in Secret Service, it's so important people recognize, you know, with the Chauvin trial and Duante, what's his name? Dante? Durante? I can't remember that guy's name. But, but Duante, with all the stuff. Duante Toledo? Or? Yeah, yeah. With all the stuff going on in law enforcement, I, you know, I back the blue 100% having been in those precarious situations um, at times. I remember one time we were executing an arrest warrant, just my partner and myself, it was supposed to be a nonviolent person. Um, and we're standing outside of this, the, basically he lived in his mom's garage and we hear what sounds like a shotgun um, cocking, you know, like uh, getting, I'm like, oh, that does not sound good at all. So we, it went, we did execute the arrest warrant without incident, but you know, you're, you're really trusting the person that you're standing next to with uh, weapon safety and how we're going to execute this mission. And uh, I yeah. think it's important that the general public recognizes that we have a really, really split second decisions to make on the job a lot of times. And um, not everybody's perfect in every industry, every field has um, those situations happen. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I think people need to put themselves in law enforcement shoes a little bit more. Um, especially that one incident with the, uh, I think it was Toledo who was running down a dark alley. Yeah. Um, yeah. and you're talking about a split second decision. Um, yeah. you see someone pull out a gun and you don't know if it's your life or theirs and it, it just right. becomes, Right. Uh, do I go home to my family tonight? Or and I don't think people realize that they, it's easy yeah. to look back in Monday morning quarterback, Monday morning quarterback yeah, and say, oh, you could have done X, Y, and Z because we knew what the outcome yeah. was, but you don't <laughs> yeah. know what the outcome is while you're you're full of adrenaline rushing down a dark yeah. alley and you can't see anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, make sure everybody uh, go to melanieforassembly.com. That's correct, right? Melanieforassembly.com. Yeah. Uh, make sure you donate to the only candidate in the race who was hit on by President Bill Clinton. Um, that could be a slogan. True. You could say, true, you know, right? my opponent uh, was never hit on by President Bill Clinton. So there you go. That's true. Yeah, and you know, um, he was the spokesperson recently for uh, the walk away, like women's rights or something. And I was like, of all people the Democrats could get, they got Bill freaking Clinton. 
<laughs> what kind of yeah. disconnect are you experiencing in your brain right now? It was really funny, but yeah, um, we, we just want to get the word out, tell your friends to, to vote and, uh, you know, show up at the polls and we've got a long race ahead of us, but I have like the energy of a, a bunny rabbit. So we're going to do the best we can to get the message out and uh, change some voters. Thank you so much for joining um, joining on today, and, and thank you for having me. Um, if you want to, if you, you want me to come back, we'll do it again. Yeah, absolutely. As we kind of get through the campaign cycle, and one more thing, I was at March. If you want to just mention it one more time for people. Yeah, so go to Let Them Breathe on Instagram, and there's going to be the flyer on there. But uh, Oceanside Harbor is where we're going to start, and it's like a 5K. And um, we'll just be walking together, maskless, and, and uh, you know, praising freedom again, you know, like, yay, let's be free like we're supposed to be. Um, so, yeah, it'll be this uh, the May 1st. I believe it's at 10 o'clock, but don't quote me on that one. Just go to the page okay. and, find the, <laughs> and find the info there. Great. All right. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, have you back on. I look forward to speaking with you again as it gets a little, the campaign heats up a little bit more. Yeah, you bet. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to another episode of California Underground. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, like, and review it. And follow California Underground on social media for updates as to when new episodes are available. 